Well, yeah, and like you were I'd talking with Carl, I mean, like it's there's still you got to tip your hat to being able to produce that type of volume at that level of consistency. You said like I was talking to Carl. Yes. Who's, who's Carl? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pass me a beer. Look, at least promise me you won't drink. Alcohol always leads to trouble. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait, did I hear him? I, I, I think I combined I Kyle right and Grant into Carl. <laughs> I meant to say our good friend Grant. <laughs> Who the fuck our acquaintance Carl? Grant from Three Sheeps. <laughs> I'm going to say he's my friend because he's cool. Carl. That was so funny. Carl. <laughs> when you're talking to Lenny and Carl. <laughs> hey, who wants to play Drink the Beer? Right here. <laughs> you win. All right. What do I win? Another beer. Hey, it says we have a healthy stream. <laughs> Just have a cup of coffee. Bear it is. Coffee. Beer. I'd kill for a beer. Cheap oh, beer frozen. and a sympathetic ear. Step right. Oh, in. son of a. Um, our hangout just ended, and we're still live streaming. So, hey, everybody, how you doing? Uh, we're gonna get Chad back in. Hey, oh, hey, oh. Uh, gotta love it. I don't know what happened. Oh, there is some technical difficulties. I like Chad's. There oh, we wait, go. His hey, head we're back. Just moved. Oh, hey. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Nice to see you. Hey. All right, there we go. Hey, everybody, Beard Up Podcast. Uh, enduring a lot of technical shenanigans tonight. So I suspect sabotage. Sabotagery. Um Or maybe just pushed the wrong button. Nope, wasn't that. It was not my <laughs> fault, bitch. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> bitch, better have my money. Um <laughs> Okay. So yeah, tonight we um we were lucky tonight, lucky enough to interview. Tonight is special. Tonight's special. We we did it, we just got done doing an interview with uh I keep wanting to say Greg. I don't know why. That's next week. That is next week. Three beers. I did, I did um <laughs> we did an interview with Grant Polly from Three Sheeps. Um we meant to stream it and it streamed to Twitch. <laughs> So we have a healthy stream. We just streamed it in the wrong place. Yeah, right. We just streamed in the wrong <laughs> spot. It streamed in the three wrong hole. Three sheeps out of Sheboygan. The wrong hole. Jeez, that's not healthy at all. Yeah, three sheeps out of Sheboygan. Uh, check tomorrow. It'll be up on the RSS feed and hopefully on the old YouTube ray. So. Yeah, we had a little bit of oh, a, show. a little uh, midwinter, late winter break. A little bit. Don't think we we didn't plan it. No, but it was Chad's fault. Chad. Well, well came, came back strong with that with that interview though. Excited to get that, that out there. That was fun, man. That was really fun. I like doing these interviews. Well, and sort of in um what's the word I'm looking for? In honor of uh Grant joining us, we do have a fun beer tonight. This is not new. I I don't know if we have I don't I know we, could, re- we 18 or 17. We reviewed both. 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 Okay. So this is not not going to be a normal one. We're not going to do a, really do a review of it. Rules of engagement tonight. We're I did do some sniffing. I will tell our fans there's been so, lots of sniffing, uh, but we yeah, do we have definitely Cuvée 2018. Some though, cause it, it's a year old now, so mm, I know, but it's hard. I mean, I don't remember. I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I'll, it's, I'll tell you what I, what I yeah, I was say what I do know is it's fucking good. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I can tell uh, tell our listeners here the Cuvée 2018 is. Um, and I, oh gosh, I meant to ask Grant this, so a spoiler alert. Jeez. We did not really talk about how they ultimately decide not only the beers that make up the cuvee, but how they sort of get down to the percentage. Of All right, we'll book them again. Call them, Chad, call them right now. 
Um, <laughs> but the 2018 is a 19% Imperial stout that they put out, uh, a 50% of another... Uh, well, it's a 19% of it aged in in rye whiskey barrels, 50% of another Imperial stout that's uh, with toasted coconut aged mm. in second-year bourbon barrels. Yummy. 25% a Imperial black wheat oh, with yeah. coffee aged in second-use bourbon going. barrels. Yeah, keep going. That's not. <laughs> and to top it off... Talk a little slower. Talk a little slower. A 6%. Oh, baby. Belgian style quad. Oh, that's awesome. Aged I won't talk nice to you and talk about Flanagan with you. Age is also in bourbon barrels. So, uh, a really interesting sort of composition um, for a yearly release that they do. Now, nerd guys. Adam, Adam and I. Blend, my name is Chad. Adam and I have not been able to get our, our paws on a 19. My name uh, is Chad. But I believe our good friend up there in Wisconsin has a 2019. I do. So when are you coming down here so we can do a podcast with that? And I, yes, I will save it for you guys. Um, hey, it, guys, Chad here. Yeah, <laughs> baby. He's going to bring um, down an empty bottle. He's like, well, here's the bottle. <laughs> uh, I Chad Every time I'm out, here. if I see uh, more bottles, Chad. I will. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry, Chad, you have the best intro. I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's really, it, we're just on. jealous, really. <laughs> right. It's so funny. I mean, you got this. It's Jake. He's got State this, Farm. and I have really creepy. My name is Adam. That just gets <laughs> me. I just get the willies. You love it. It. You love it. It's like you like that hot breath on your neck. I know. <laughs> that I really know. rapey hot breath. <laughs> My name is Adam, and I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. Go Sorry, ahead. go ahead, go ahead Chad. Chad. We'll let you let you go. We'll mute ourselves. My name is Chad. Uh, I don't hey, guys, what... Chad here. <laughs> okay, okay, it's frozen. Stop. My hands are off. I won't touch the board. Chad here. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah, I have a bottle of 2019 Cuvée oh. that will be shared with you guys. If I do find more bottles, I will buy them. Without question, you don't even have to message me. Looking. Just, yeah, just buy yeah. it. I will. I keep looking. Pay for it. Give you an old fashioned. We will. We will settle I mean, up. It's. I, it, I mean, at thirteen bucks a bottle. Well, she's half, a guy, so half the price of. I mean, it's not a. Still give a good old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing price. Thirteen dollars. Yeah, I paid thirteen bucks. I mean, for a little sneak peek, when we were talking to the uh, uh, Mr. Grant there. He mentioned how the the four pack of Wolf is like what priced at fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, I mean, yep. shit, that's a fantastic value right there. Yeah, it's nice. Unless you go to Mars Cheese Castle, you're going to get cheese. Oh, <laughs> you're going to say they rip you off so much. Yeah. What are you wearing? But uh, yeah, I am looking forward to trying that one. I don't know. When I can get down there, um, <laughs> that, was, that felt really good. It's the worst intro uh, ever. Uh, maybe this weekend. I don't know what's going on. Oh, this weekend. This weekend, <laughs> I I could definitely hang out at least one night this weekend. <sighs> I don't have any. What if, I don't even know what to push now. Which which button? <laughs> I don't even know. There's so make. many sounds I can make uh, right now. How about I want to fornicate? I won't talk nice to you and talk about fornicating with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talking about fornicating. Well, cool. I can't fornicating even say it. Fornicating with you. Fornicating with you. With you. <laughs> you know what? 
You know what else we could do too? If you come down, Chad, we could just make it a three sheeps night. I'll. You know what? I'll bring over a seventeen and an eighteen veneration, and we can sit there and taste how much better seventeen was. Oh yeah, that'd be a good idea too. <laughs> so we did an interview uh, like we said, with, uh, with Grant tonight this weekend, and twenty uh, seconds Friday. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, I thought it went really good. I mean, like we, I think like we've we've said we love. We like doing interviews. I think this is going to be our new kind of format. Just fuck, fuck the beer reviews. Let's just talk to beer people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, we're, I still think that we'll find our way to reviewing some beers, especially beers that are important to us. But um, I don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> but the interviews, I mean, the 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 people it's that fun. we've interviewed so far, it's fun. The beer community is um, just likes to talk, just likes to hang out drink um i mean it's it's easy grant was a great guy uh great answers you know really sort of transparent with his thoughts uh i really like this like the story of how three sheeps came to be yeah um and and man did he know did he know his ingredients did he know what it took to get that thing off the ground i didn't realize he had like everything a culinary right not, I guess not a culinary background, but a culinary interest, right? Well, that yeah, one? yeah, definitely an interest, an inspiring interest. Yeah, um, which cool. I think, I mean, that, that transfers nicely into Absolutely. into brewing beer. I mean, obviously, we've got some fantastic beers that come out of that place. Yeah, to get all the different flavors yeah. that you're looking for, and, and to be able to, to pull them out and yeah. and you know present them the way he wants them to be presented. I, you know, they do a great job. He was. Uh, he, he didn't pull any punches in the interview. I mean, it was. I, I never felt. Like at any, there was no, there was no question that was dodged. Um, everything that we asked was answered pointedly and assuredly. I mean, he just, uh, he, he was right, right on it. I mean, no hesitation. He knew what he was, he just knows what he's talking about. Yeah. It was a good old. <laughs> I loved, time. I loved what we talked, asked him briefly right at the end there about this hour and the way he talked about it, it was like some, some creepy lab monster you got to watch at well, night. Like it's no. gonna creep around and infect all your shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what? What has happened? The start of a horror movie is is these the breweries have to have a completely different setup for sours than for the beers. They can't brew it like they brew anything else. Right. He's right. He's right to be wary of it. Um, and I don't think the market's that huge for it. You know what I mean? Like they're doing really good without it. Like why? Why risk it? And the sour the sour market, while it's there, it, it it's is not that niche, large. niche, yeah. niche, yeah, yeah. I just you know I was just asking They're from good, a. Though. I mean, they they could they uh, could definitely do it, but not the right way. Remember, like you said, like Chad, the open air, Chad, like wild. Yeah, like Chad pointed out, like do it the right way. And he's like, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. there's ways to make sours that's not it's not the true sour, it's just by flavor. Right. By, by tossing in some like some sour into like the brute enzyme, you toss that in there and right. like, sour the hell out of it. But the but the real sours are like taking in like natural flavor, right? And they're breathing yeah. in. That's one way to do it. That I think, um, like the they're open, right? Yeah, they they have open yes. air fermenters that will do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the traditional. I think so. That's process. how they, Yeah, that's how they kind of found it by mistaking mistake. So yeah, this is. This is better than I remember. I, I Not that I remembered it poorly, but I'm just in flavor heaven right over here. I know it's so good. flavor country. It's a. Yeah. I thought it was I've interesting. Been, oh, go ahead, Chad. I, I was gonna say I've been I've been 
wanting to open it, but also dreading to open it at the same time. Exactly. You know, because this is it. That's right. when you because when you said today we were talking about what we we're gonna drink tonight, and you're and I said okay, I have this, I have this, and you're like, I have QV eighteen also, and I'm like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Fine. I, I wasn't planning on this tonight. I did not feel that way bringing mine over here, and I'll tell you why. As you know, and as the wife has has some awareness of, I've been hoarding deliciousness in my basement. We'd coolers. like to emphasize the word whore. Yeah, I've been whoring um, <laughs> delicious beers and separate turning our, our frogs gay. <laughs> separate coolers in my basement. But the thing is, like, I didn't, you know, just through life and kids and jobs oh, and this that and the other like i just i haven't had as many opportunities to share good beer with good beer friends as much as i had hoped and i'm just like when the opportunity came up tonight i was almost excited to use it. i was like i want to i want to i want to shoot one of these bullets let's let's get let's get it let's get it going let's get it on my balls was hot and the other right. truth is my my coolers are pretty much all full so <laughs> and i just wanted to make <laughs> i'm out of room <laughs> i'd either buy a cooler or drink a beer <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. But yeah, yeah, I was excited. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I replied to in the group that the, this night just got a whole lot better. We did. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, whatever happens now, this is a good night. <laughs> what is what? Apparently, our dogs are just. I like how your dogs take turns coming in here. We've had Bale, uh, Bosley, Baylor, and Bella. I mean, Bosley's pretty much here. He's in the corner of the room. I mean, they're being good. It's just kind of funny. It's like dogs on parade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doggy rotation. Pretty much. Yeah, they're like tagging each other in. How you doing? Good to see you. Yes. Well, this so we're going to do good. the uh, we're going to do the anniversary party. Three sheeps, May eleventh. Please, please, please. Yes. I already got. I already got clearance. Clearance. I just put it on my calendar because my wife wants to go. So. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> I. I beer um, scheduling. <laughs> I mean, depending on what time you're going to go up there, Adam, I may have to drive separate, but I'm I'm not going to miss it this year. I just uh, may have to leave more like one o'clock, one thirty, as opposed to like eleven. Well, it goes from like eleven to eleven, so yeah, so it should be fine. Um, yeah. I just need to uh, I need to find out what my schedule is that's not released as of yet, and then I need to sync up with you guys so that I can have the most overlap in terms of uh, hanging out with you guys there. But I'm putting it on the calendar now. Just I, yeah, mine's I put it on my calendar. But if you are you going to do an event? Yes. And send it out. Yes. Well, now it's going to be doubled up on my calendar. Well, I'm going to have to go to this anniversary party twice. Well. My name is Chad. I want that Chad there. I want you to talk like that, Chad. I need you to work on that voice. <laughs> Chad, I've been doing more of my check-ins. My name is Chad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> just cracks me uh, up every time. Yeah, I'll just start doing all my uh, my tugboat videos in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a tugboat update. I saw... Uh, tugboat update is awesome. It's... Um, it, it, I mean, it's not done, but all parts are made. It's... It's a complete boat. So it's almost tug time. It's almost tug time. It, it's not floatable yet. It is floatable, sure. It would it would float or it, it, it would not sink? No, it's done. It's just not, I mean, i got to sand it and finish If there it, was a zombie it. apocalypse and you had to quickly get away, could you, <laughs> could you rig it to start going and jump on and escape? 
Well, uh, I like would need it... to throw battery a battery in it, but yes. Okay, so sand. And I could get away at five miles an hour. Well, <laughs> you'd be in the water. I don't hopefully, think zombies can swim. Hopefully, they're <laughs> slow zombies. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, this next video I'm going to post is is the one saying. Is this the mini tugboat? All parts are done. Yeah. So what is the weight capacity? Like how many of us? Can Not, we... No, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it says. And only uh, me the, by myself. It wasn't, it wasn't a dig. I was, I was wondering, if, can the three of us cruise around at five miles an hour? No. Just <laughs> drunk. <laughs> It'd be close. Sit right back close. and you hear it. <laughs> it, it, it says that it handles two adults and two kids. I mean, I am a child, so I don't think that understands what they're dealing with. <laughs> Here's my idea. Oh shit! After can you pull me in a little like raft? <laughs> you're, and I'll you're just on the right, you're on the right track here. Jake. <laughs> what I'm thinking I mean, about it is doing a tugboat is one of two things: building a barge, a party barge. That would be amazing. Push it. I can push it around with, or building a, <laughs> a floating awesome. tiki. Just build a floating tiki bar. I mean, build like a build like a little pontoon type platform that it can just yeah. pull. Where it would either just be like a flat barge where you just put yeah. lawn chairs out on it. Yeah. Or I'll go out and do a do a tiki bar. Yeah, I love it. And then just push it around with a tug. We'll we'll put the uh, beard house logo on the tiki bar. That would be awesome. <laughs> I got a beard house chub just envisioning this thing. Is there anything going on in the beer world we should talk about? I don't know. I was going to say, I mean, I could certainly... I took a drink when you did that. Beer, 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 beer. I mean, other than big beer companies fight over, <laughs> I just over half of farmers in the aftermath of the Bud commercial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just so funny how that backfired. Weren't... Um, who were we talking to uh, that was saying that InBev may come off of having so much of the goose produced in other places. Like they've realized now that that's that was uh is that Kyle talking about that or is that all the way back to when we were interviewing Josh? And that was Josh, wasn't Josh, it? Josh, like some of it might come back to Chicago, right, Jed? Yes, uh, I think it was Josh. Uh, yeah, Josh. Josh. I did see that some some people I follow, uh, Dan Bernstein on the score, was talking about how his son is a big hockey player, ice hockey, and they were on a uh, tournament. And they were in St. Louis for a hockey tournament that, you know, he likes to make fun of St. Louis because it's just kind of a, I don't know if he'd call it a bit. but It's, it's a Chicago pastime. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Um, but he did mention that he took the free, I believe it, he said it was free, uh, Budweiser tour. Um, yeah. And that he said it was actually really impressive and, and really a lot of fun. I, I would like to go to the Miller one uh, up in Milwaukee. I would as well. I've heard it really. I mean, we've been to the small ones. Got to see how the big ones operate. It's supposed to be pretty. Well, and like go. you were I'd talking with Carl, I mean, like it's there's still you got to tip your hat to being able to produce that type of volume at that level of consistency. You said like I was talking to Carl. Yes. Who's, who's Carl? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. Wait, did I hear him? Did I, think he I, Carl? I think I, I combined Kyle right and Grant into Carl. <laughs> I meant to say our. Good friend Grant. <laughs> Our acquaintance Carl? Grant from Three Sheeps. <laughs> I'm going to say he's my friend because he's cool. Carl. That was so funny. Carl. <laughs> when you're talking to Lenny and Carl. 
Well, I've I've been to Budweiser. I've done the Budweiser tour. Oh, you have. Yeah. Was it when was that recent? No. That's where he got his Budweiser tattoo. <laughs> right on his ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got the bow, the Budweiser bow right there. Uh, this Tramp was stamp. not long He'd after probably get Budweiser. Probably Clydesdale or or that dog. He loves that Bud dog. <laughs> It's probably on his chest or his back. Like, I'm sorry, Chad. Sorry. Please go, ahead, go please. ahead. No, that's fine. Good um, Budweiser. The it was right after Budweiser came out with Shock Top as their answer to Blue Moon. So maybe so, 12 years ago. Yeah, it was quite a while ago. Was that like 2000, early 2000s that that happened? Am I wrong? 2000 mids, mid 2000s, 2005, yeah. five, five, six, five, something yeah. like that. Do you remember having an enjoyable experience? Yeah, it was great. Um, It it was interesting. I mean, at the time, I didn't know any better, so I thought I was, you know, I was living in the shit, right, king shit right there, because, you know, I was drinking Budweiser that was made that day after the tour. You know, you get free beer after the tour. Mm. (laughs) And Bud, I, I was good. I mean... Yeah, it was good. I ha- I would love to do the Miller Miller tour. You know, I live right here. <clears throat> you know, I'll tell you, when I was a kid, we I remember We keep saying shit, those, we don't do shit. Those Budweiser frogs. Just yeah, oh yeah, the Budweiser frogs. What frog. do you want to do? Well, when I grow up, I'd really like to... What do you mean, what do I want to do? <laughs> well, we're going to do the Three Sheeps anniversary. Yes. We said you go to Crystal Lake Brewing. Okay. We tell need, me a date. We need to go to every brewery in Milwaukee. We need let's pick them one at a time and put it on a Google calendar. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. If we do that, it'll happen. We okay. just... Hey, did you guys hear about speaking of news? Did you hear about this I mean, we have Mr. Sailor Man here. Um <laughs> Mr. Sailor. I want it like a Popeye chat tattoo Man. on Chad. I was telling you you want a Popeye tattoo with Chad's face on Popeye, right? That's what you want. I'm not sure what you meant, but yes. Whatever. Um Chad, did you hear about that um, 1886 shipwreck they found? Uh, no, I haven't heard any shipwreck news in about two or three weeks. I think it's before. New York. Off of New York, they, f- they salvaged a shipwreck from 1886 that still had a beer on it. Like a oh, keg? I, I, they didn't specify the amount. Anyway, there, there's a brewery in New York that's working with um, one of the universities there to harvest the yeast and make a beer from this yeast from an 1886 bottle of beer. Because it's going to be good? <laughs> no. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, it's interesting. Uh, St. James Brewery in Holbrook, Long Island. I think that's an opinion, but... Uh, yeah. I found an article about it. Yep. Yeah, they're holding on, they've been holding off announcing uh, publicly until they had yeast to work with. Um. And I guess well, he's saying now it's ready. So I guess they have the, the yeast now. I guess it's a good yeast. So, Did you say the name of the brewery already? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. All right, cool story, bro. St. James Brewery. <laughs> yeah. Cool story. Awesome. I have, I, I usually, um, I get, usually get Google updates about um, shipwrecks being found, but I have not heard of it. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad, you're awesome. Do do do. Oh, I another shipwreck was found. Look at that. <laughs> That's fascinating. There was that one on the east side of Lake Michigan a couple months ago. That's really cool. 
I mean that they they knew it was there, but it just washed up. Is it wash or washed? Washed. It's washed. That's what my dad would say. Washed. Yeah. We keep having to tell dad there's no R. Washed. Oh. Right, oh, I gotta let Jersey out. She's <laughs> she's like pouting at the door. All right, dog duty. Dog duty calls. Duty. 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 This is a thrilling podcast right now. I do have something. My balls is hot. <clears throat> it's gripping. That escalated quickly. You're killing me, Smalls. What did I miss? What did I miss? Um, you missed. That escalated quickly. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. I shot a whiskey. That one was loud. And a blood Mary. <laughs> well, did you guys see? I'm trying to find the article, but Josh Noll tweets something about some recent uh, acquisitions by Big Beer. Oh boy. Uh, Bell's Point. Did that get purchased? Bell's Point's owned by Constellation. Yeah, it's by Constellation. But I think they sold it. Really? Yeah, selling. To the internet. Oh, okay, so. The name of the the name of the art article is uh, Anheuser Busch to acquire fast growing Cutwater Spirits. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, so Cutwater Spirits had originally done Ballast Point that they sold to Constellation and or whoever whoever made this. That's what they did originally, and this is like their second project. This is yeah, this is Spirits, right? It's a uh, hard liqueurs. Hard, hard, <laughs> hard. Yeah. Yeah, so his his tweet was selling one company at Ballast Point to Constellation Brands, and Did one you see how, much the, how much Ballast Point sold for in the first place? Yeah, like well, wasn't it uh, a billion? Uh, it was a billion dollars. Really? Yeah. When, when was billion. that? And you just think like, how the? F- excuse my French here. Why, why, why are you watching your swear words on this podcast? Uh, this is more never... of a joke, but how in the fucking fuck did Goose <laughs> only get like $33 million? I know. And that wasn't that terribly long ago. What did Ballast Point sell? Sell. Sell. sell not sale. So, <laughs> what are you saying? I don't find drunk. Uh, Twenty. Uh, I think I heard a niner in there. Um... <laughs> But yeah, this Cutwater Spirits, uh, the same people that made Ballast Point, sold to uh, Anheuser Busch, and Josh Null says these guys are turning this into an Olympic sport. <laughs> these guys got to be loaded. Though I guess if you made a freaking billion dollars on selling your beer, you got plenty of money to go Go out there a and distillery and or whatever. Build a distillery up and then just turn that shit over. Uh, hey, guys, you gave us a billion before you win another one? <laughs> Hey, how you doing? How you, you doing? Went, uh... I see you licking your lip order. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> you want some of this over here? <laughs> you want to get another 20, uh, 2015. So, 2015. And w- November, November of 2015. And Goose sold to InBev in... Um, and come on, you read the book in 2011. So how in the hell is four years later 
And I, and I don't know off the top of my head how many barrels Ballast Point made, but and maybe Goose is more recognizable to me being close to Chicago and, and not necessarily, you know, at a national level, that's not true. But how in the hell is this the difference between, you know, 30-something million dollars and a freaking billion? I know. What? Well, it was a, with the brewery and the distillery, but still. So, yeah. I, I mean, the distillery is not worth almost a billion dollars by itself. No. <laughs> no, you can get you can get equipment for to to do a reasonable production for you know I mean if you get some used stuff five hundred thousand if you get some top of the line shit a couple million I mean that, that doesn't get to a billion I don't know man that's that's a crazy number I don't know but when they got that check I mean they must uh, I I don't know how they hid their smile to sign that before somebody was like wait a minute here. We did. That's what we should. That's what we should ask Grant. How much? How much free to sell out? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that would have been a question. Like, huh? Like, because I mean, let's be honest. Dude was awesome, but he did look tired. It's got to be exhausting running your. I mean, he knew he he knows the announce of everything they're doing there. That's that's a that. So Grant, that guy runs fourteen, sixteen hours. I was gonna say that that guy's probably working. 12 plus hours a day easy and we just made him stay up later yeah so so grant um you know how much would it take for you to sell out to anheuser Bush? well i mean we don't have to say who it is but just in general <laughs> let's, let's, let's say i'm a big beer company right you know let's owned say... by some some brazilian entity <laughs> just <laughs> hypothetically just hypothetically say <laughs> how much would i have to give you for you to sell me your company I Constellation Brands uh 2017 revenue 7.3 billion. Shazam. Well, total, total heavy investors in the in the weed market. Total assets of almost 19 billion. Uh-huh. Pivot. So we tried Cuvée, what would you say 11 months ago? Yes, 11 months ago was our 2018 Cuvée. Cuvée review, and a year ago was our 17 review. We did one right after the other. Does, so anybody, does anybody remember what it tasted like a year ago? I don't, but when I looked it up, I gave it a 475 to 2018. Really? What did I give it? You gave it a, a 225. Two <laughs> 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 Thanks, Chad. <laughs> I think that uh, I gave it a. I five. think I'm on the secret scale. The secret. Shh. Let's see. I got four check-ins. My name is Adam, and I've had enough. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. <laughs> I have not had enough. There's a five. There's a. Oh, I drank in the shower one time. <laughs> what? You drink uh, cuvee in the shower? <laughs> Who drinks cuvee? Yeah. Cuvee is not a shower beer. I did. I wrote best shower beer ever. So oh, what hated. the fuck is going on <laughs> up there, Chad? You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> June 20th last year. Oh my God. June 20th, I drank cuvee. There's going to be like, you're, someone's gonna, you're going to find out that a neighbor like disappeared that night, and they're going to have to des- 
deposition everybody, and you're going to be in there talking to the cops. You're like, the, uh, the night uh, of June 7th, what were you doing? Oh, uh, well. I was in the shower drinking a beer. I was in the shower. Uh, 2018. I just watched a video on my and phone. And that's when the cop bitch slaps you. You don't drink Kuve in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Who drinks? This guy's lying. Nobody drinks Kuve in the shower. Nobody drinks Kuve in the shower. <laughs> Come on. I had to be drunk because I took a picture of the bottle. <laughs> you think? Yeah, we figured that out. <laughs> wait, but thank you. Hold on, wait. Let me finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, you took a picture of the bottle. Where was it? <laughs> well, no, in the was... in my backyard. Sitting uh, on the ground. In in backyard? Is that is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> but in the backyard, in the shower. Was oh, that the night fine. that you were doing the um, fire pit with the neighbors? Probably. Oh boy, was a neighbor in the shower with you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Everybody's asking. Everybody's wondering. I just said Everybody it. Was uh, so tonight, in, in honor of um, Grant being on the show, we did uh, crack open our last bottles of Cuvée 2018. Uh, so if you're listening to the first part of our stream or the first part of, of the show, it's an 18, uh, 19% Imperial Stout, 15, wait, 19% Imperial Stout, <laughs> aged in uh, second-use rye burls, 50% Imperial Stout, roasted coconut aged. I already blah, said blah, blah. this. 20% Imperial. I said, did you not hear me say, if you weren't listening at the beginning of the stream, did you not hear me say that? I'm repeating it for the people. Just a review. Jeez, <sighs> oh, 25% Imperial Stout, black and 26%. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> what do you think you of guys, it now? You guys, Numb nuts. You can't get no, along. I'm not going to give you 2019. This is a five. There's a ton of flavor here, and the steel line from a year Chad, later he comes up. There's nothing that I can find that I do not like about this beer. This I'm is you, this is good. This is good. Death. I think wasn't 2017. What sweet? kind of new devilry is this? I don't know. 2017 was much sweeter. Much sweeter, sweeter right? Yeah, I think this is. This is cream of the crop type beer right here. I don't cream know if I'm 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 right. Oh boy, I'm bubbling around secret. Oh, is Trump I'm, turning our, our frogs gay? I'm not quite going full scale secret, but I'm 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 contemplating it. I think if uh, Chad, if you do show up this weekend. Uh, oh, by the way, I got clearance. I can come down. Clarence. Oh, shit. Um, so, Chad, when you come down this weekend? When you come? Down this weekend. That's tonight. All the way up. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that escalated quickly. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it will be interesting to try this. because we just had this now. You know what I mean? Like, to be able to try the 19. I hope other... Carl doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who the fuck is Carl? Um, <laughs> it'll be good. And also, if we do the seventeen eighteen comparison with uh, Veneration, um, going back to the interviews that we didn't really talk about, I thought it was interesting that his reasoning was the drop in ABV because I don't, I don't know. I, I, I saw lots the, of the lack of flavor of that. Right? The lack of flavor to me, though. Like that, the flavor to me is not in the ABV. But that was a movement, right? To to do well, yes, smaller volume, smaller ABV, and make your beers more sessionable. Right. Basically, we've we've talked about yeah, we've yeah. talked about that before. That's like a new, it's a strategy, new thing coming it's up within yeah. the health and fitness people. Want a lower ABV? Have rich craft beer and yeah, yeah, it's fucked them. Um, 
<laughs> like, go ahead and have your Michelob Ultra, Ultra bullshit, light. but stay away yeah. from the craft. God damn it. Um, but yeah, every that's kind of a new thing. A lower lower ABV people want to be able to drink more and not get wasted. I, I asked him directly. Did you sound like a monkey there. <laughs> Somebody did a little. I asked, I don't have a monkey sound here. Sorry. I asked him if if they had any actual. I think I said KPIs, but data. You did that, say KPIs, and yeah, I think he's yeah. like, "What the fuck?" All corporate on this. Well, I thought that that was a commonly known. Term, it is commonly known, but acronym. I mean, key performance indicator. What are you wearing? I yes. thought I was. Use? I was looking for him to say. She sounds hideous. Well, she's a guy, so something to the effect of, "Well, we have you know distributed ten percent more." He was expecting a have, corporate answer. I well, he knows his business <laughs> shit. I mean, he clearly does. So I was looking for a evidence that they had collected that this was the right business decision, and and the only evidence that they had thus far was rather anecdotal. So I don't know that anecdotal and anecdotal. So I don't, I'm not. My name is Chad. I'm not 100 percent convinced that that was the right move. It doesn't matter if anybody tells you low ABV is is the future. You you won't believe them anyway. I, I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying you're wrong, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh all right, well this weekend I guess. Yeah, this weekend. You know, let he me know what day back. He on a nerd guys. He scores. Uh, you know what? No. You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. <laughs> That's fair. He never gets laid. This Brit is um, helping with uh, a new litter of puppies this weekend, so I can either day is fine. What is what? Not ours. Are you going to get a new puppy out of this, Chad? Yeah. Uh, is there some chance of He's that? He already happening? has like 15. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't. It's the, like si- a- the city's getting ready to come in and shut down this. Now Puppy Millie's got going here. She's like watching that movie 101 Dalmatians <laughs> right now. The city will ask us to leave. Our landlord will be like, Dog orders. Does your landlord know how many dogs you have? No. They think we have three. And how many do you really have? Five. <laughs> and soon six. No. Soon no. six. Six is good. Mark my words. <laughs> six is good. Chad. I felt reference. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> My balls was hot. I just got to do number two. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm well. I'm done. Going into the secret scale this time. Two beers. Okay. You gotta keep oh, going. You okay. keep going with that. Great. Like, okay. All right. We gotta. We gotta guess. Cool. Jeez. Like, <laughs> uh, You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, almost as high as it gets. Not uh, vanilla death level, but 5.5. How high does it get, Chad? As high as I want it to go. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's not that. I mean, this is as high as it gets. How does it go? Infinity? <laughs> and <laughs> so, I gave it a five and a half. Yeah, okay. Say, if it's well, infinity, five and a half isn't that high. Right. It's pretty well, low. So far, nothing has gone higher than 5.75. So probably six would be the highest. It's a little like bit. He's little making bit, it up as he goes. It's a little really. bit different than Infinity, right? <laughs> it's a really good beer. I'm going to give it a 72. I thought you said six was the highest. I made it up. It's just. It's very cryptic. Just try to. Just try to follow along. He's a woman. That's what he just said. 
So yeah, tonight we're going to uh, talk to to Grant here, and um, yeah, I told my story. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do tonight. What are you doing, Chad? What do you got? <laughs> what am I here for? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess did we we form we'll formally introduce uh, Grant Polly as the founder of I Three did. Sheets I said that. I said the Brewery. That's fine. And I think that I think that we probably should start with where does the name of the brewery come from. <laughs> It's uh, you've never yeah. had that question before, right? That's the first <laughs> time. No, never once. Yeah, um, never. You know, it's. I used to pour concrete for a living. Um, pretty, pretty intense, pretty miserable career path. At least for, for my end, I didn't love it. I was third generation in a family business. Yeah, my dad enjoyed it. My grandfather loved it, and it really just wasn't for me. And uh, once I got out of it, I really appreciated not, hopefully, having to do something serious for the rest of my life. So when I started the brewery. I realized I had a great opportunity to go down a, a very different path. So we thought, you know, naming the brewery after a grammatically incorrect fluffy animal, um, you know, it kind of homage to three sheets of the wind was a good way to take ourselves too seriously. You know, we, we, uh, we like to say we're serious about the beer, but just about nothing else in life. So the name fit, you know, there's really no, um, no, no sheep legacy to it on that end. Uh, <laughs> just a fun name that kind of lets us um, be who we want to be and make the beer we want to make. I wonder how many people come to your brewery and think this it's if they don't know where it's at, like, are we going to some old sheep farm or something? Like, <laughs> and what, oh, yeah, what are the, yeah, what that's uh, going to be themed like? It's pretty typical. You know, also with our original branding, having the sheep tap handles, things like that, it, um, it didn't hurt their cause or, you know, their opinions that matter. But, uh, yeah, I think we've, we've done a nice job changing that over the last few years. Now, how, how long have you guys been around? When, when did this whole thing start? Uh, it is just about seven years, seven years now that we've been open. Um, yeah, we, we lived in our first brewery, which was a former brew pub that went out of business. We were able to you know, take over the equipment and turn it into a packaging brewery. We were there for about four years and uh, outgrew it much faster than we expected. And then we were able to move into our current facility, which is a former Coca-Cola packaging operation. So it really allowed us to expand into a you know, much larger brew house, packaging, you know, loading docks, big cooler space, um, a nice 10,000 square foot tap room, and gave us a lot of room to really kind of dial in and, um, you know, manufacture beer, Make sure, you know, which allows us to much more easily make sure our beer is consistent, uh, allow us to focus on, you know, those flavors and everything that's important and sure it's the same every single time. Um, also then get a little more experimental because we have a lot more room in our brewery now for the barrel aging stuff. And uh, we have a two barrel pilot system that we're brewing on every week. And really getting to R&D much more than we were before. So it's um, that's been a treat. And speaking of the, you know, the um, the same six-pack every time, you mentioned that. How, how, how hard is that? You know, we, we always hear brewers say, like, you know, they, they kind of admire the, the macro guys, the Bud and the Miller, because they get it the same every single time, you know. How, how hard is it, you know, when you're, when you're doing a veneration or whatever, that it's like, I need to get it the same? It, yeah, I mean, it, it takes works. It takes, it takes just being extremely anal, you know, you're <laughs> note taking, making sure that you, especially for beers that you may only make twice a year, making sure that your notes are consistent. So, you know, you know, your yeast generations, you know, your cell counts, your oxygen level, you know, all the little things that go into it besides just your base ingredients, making sure that they're sourced from the same people, your grains change every year, making sure that you're still getting the same type of grains and also the powers that have in them, hop oils, making sure that those are consistent. It's, I don't know that I would say it 
it's hard because it, you know, you're able to do these things because, you know, we, we went back to school for growing scientists. You know, we have the technical expertise. You know, we have a, a PhD microbiology on staff that kind of helped us on that end to make sure that we are always solid. And yeah, that was a, you know, a nice addition to just what we had. You know, it's back in the day, you know, Louis Pasteur, it was how he made his money. Uh, he went around breweries and convinced him that if he could teach them about yeast, they should pay him a lot of money. And, you know, he started producing beer faster for them because he understood yeast. And, you know, it's that, that science side of it is so crucial that I think as long as the breweries invested in it, it make consistent beer. You just have to be willing to put in the time and, and the effort and the, you know, frankly, the money to it. Great. Can I ask going back just a little bit where, you know, where did the passion for uh, switching to beer, you know, after transitioning out of concrete come yeah. from, you know, beyond just being a, an admirer or a drinker of beer? Were you, were you home sure. brewing with friends? Was that something that? I was. Um, I was home brewing, started home brewing right when I about turned 21 right after college. Uh, my wife and girlfriend at the time gave me a homebrew kit kind of as a lark. I had never thought about homebrewing. I was really just in getting into craft beer. You know, a, a good brown ale was super exciting to me at that point. You know, I, I didn't really appreciate it. But um, homebrew shop opened up in her hometown and she decided to just get that for me for a gift. And I brewed the first batch and just loved it. Um, <laughs> what you know, was it? What, what was your first? Uh, it, it was a brown ale. Oh, okay. Brown ale. And, you know, thankfully I didn't screw it up so badly that I wasn't turned away or turned off to it right away. So uh, I kind of just kept going and, um, you know, my folks are great cooks. My grandparents were phenomenal chefs and, um, I never really appreciated cooking. Uh, but when it came to beer, like that was my way to blend ingredients and experiment and try to create different, you know, flavor profiles. And, um, one of the things that I found I really loved was a little bit different. Oh, there it's we, came back. So, yes, we, uh, <laughs> hang on one hey, second. Guys, we, we got disconnected we completely. <laughs> We were like just getting we into gone. <laughs> to what, good oh, stuff, and we just, was, lost just oh, we, lo- we lost audio. Well, we I got uh, just disconnected completely from the thing, so we lost everything. I think it was just us. Chad, yeah. did you hear everything? Uh, yeah, Grant and I were talking. Just yeah, so thank you. Yeah, recorded. it looked like yeah. So <laughs> what was the last thing you remember? Um, well, we uh, Grant was telling us about the home brewing kit, and uh, we talked about the first. Yeah, that was his way to mix stuff up. We yeah. talked about the first brew you did. Um, and then you were, it was really impassioned. I mean, I could see your face. I was like, damn it, I'm missing some good stuff. Um, uh, no, I mean, I think it was just more the, yeah, the appreciating the repeatability and kind of realizing that I, I, as much as I love to experiment, I just, I love being able to make it again and again, which is manufacturing. So that kind of, once all those things started to click in my mind that this is what I, I enjoyed doing, um, the idea formed that maybe this wasn't a terrible career choice and, um, maybe we could go down this road and try it. And, so we did it that's awesome yeah uh and then yes here i don't know if you want to repeat the question so that it's official on the on the podcast yeah let me just repeat it because i don't know if you guys heard me ask i jumped ahead just a little bit but not i don't want to get into the beers quite yet but i do want to ask because he brought up repeatability and my question was about veneration and we all we all noticed that this year last year What's that? Jumping ahead. <laughs> well, but but because repeatability was has already been talked about. So with just veneration specifically, right. we we could tell there was there was a little bit of a difference between last year and this year. I mean, the taste was similar. The I mean, the molasses was awesome. The uh, it was it was a, a nicely complex beer, but I just we just felt like there was something just a little bit different. So I just want to ask yeah. you about that. No, and that one, that was intentional. And we tried, okay. tried to do a good job getting that out there. There, 
there was a point where we were really enjoying, you know, these high octane beers getting to the point of, you know, some of them were pushing 13, 14% on our, um, on our barrel age specialties. And you know, as we were kind of looking at um, beer culture and what it shifted to and how people are enjoying beers now, you know, a specialty beer like that, people will drink on a Thursday night, especially when it's in a 12 ounce bottle and enjoy it and not be afraid to then, you know, have to go to the work the next, next day or regret it. And as we were kind of looking at, at veneration in particular, that one to me, it, it was just too high um, in ABV. You know, it, it, it wasn't necessary for the beer. You know, it, it didn't really add anything. So what we wanted to do was pull that back a little bit and you know, give us a chance to really enjoy it more frequently, as it were, which is the whole reason why we try to put these things in 12-ounce bottles so that you know, a bomber you kind of need to save and share with people. Or if you don't and you drink it by yourself, you will regret it the next day. <laughs> right. <laughs> have on a Wednesday night and still go to work. So we, we were kind of shifting a little bit on that and just realizing that this is more, more true to one of the tenants we have is you know, we want our beer to be drinkable. We want people to be able to enjoy it you know, on the regular. So that's, that's where the veneration shift occurred, um, bringing that down a bit. And then also, you know, as Cuvée this year, you know, even though every one of those is different every year, um, very different stylistically, we also did the same thing. We brought that ABV down a little bit just for the, the same purpose of um, we want to we just want to try that this year and be true to kind of drinkable, even though it's a big beer, big barrel aged beer. It doesn't have to result in an awkward next day. Have you had you know any sort of KPIs that your team tracks or any other data that's proving out that that was the right decision uh, with veneration? Uh, we, I mean, thankfully with our tap room now, we get a lot of feedback on both, you know, every day. Our bartenders are, it was nice. I feel like we don't really run a typical bar. bar you know, our bartenders are there as kind of, liaisons to three sheeps you know we we want them to understand our beers really well we want them to know what's coming out new and we expect them to give us feedback and they do so um we we've had some you know some people who really love the high octane overall though it has been received extremely well people have really enjoyed it um we noticed that people are now you know enjoying a couple of them which <laughs> contradicts the point of having but you know it gives them the opportunity to if they want to so um you know the verdict still out we you know we still have some out there and especially since people age this beer we're excited to kind of see how that trends and um you know keep getting feedback on what what everyone wants when it comes to a, a nice big barrel aged beer if they're looking for that 10 to 12 or 14 to 16. um so yeah love your take if you guys have it i i 2017 is one of my i don't know top 10. i mean i i love 2017 veneration for me i felt like there was a big um difference 2017 and 2018 i i enjoyed the booziness uh i felt and maybe it was wrong for me to compare them um maybe that's not the intention you know i didn't know at the time is are they different every year or are they intentionally different sure. does this have something to do with distribution scalability popularity uh, getting this out to more people producing more um but yeah me personally i i thought it was a it was a step down a little bit less in the legs um you know the the flavor just didn't sit on my palate quite the same way it didn't kind of uh, smolder there for a while. Um, but you know, I, I certainly understand the transition. I mean, I, I'm in that small minority of, um, you know, I'm going to have two of those 2017s and go to work the next day. <laughs> so, He's our, you know, I just, maybe I have a problem and, uh, you know, Jake is always after the high ABV. I'm a big <laughs> fan of high ABV. I love that booziness. Um, yeah, Jake. Uh, if you got a problem, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a, if there's a stash of higher 
veneration abv somewhere that uh you know you didn't distribute to the you know the the, the populace let me know i will pay money for it good hard sounds good <laughs> um well sorry i jumped ahead there just a little bit we can come back to the to the brewery before we jump into some of these uh, beers that we specifically were were set out here to talk about but um how many people do you have working for you uh we are to it's 28 full and part-time total between the brewery side the tap room and general sales you anticipating yeah. growth in 2019, like significant, like headcount, sales growth, distribution uh, growth? We, yes, I'm sure we will. It'll, we'll, we'll put on at least a few more, I think, this year. Um, we made some good uh, switches to our production equipment. Plus, we also purchased um, larger fermenters this year. So we're going to be able to brew more on the same day with just a few more hours per day. So we'll, we'll have some more split shifts. And I'm sure we'll be adding on personnel uh, across the board, probably from the both production sales and taproom. Uh, I just don't know exactly what that's going to look like as we kind of wait to see what this year brings. You know, we were, uh, 2018, we finished, it was an incredible year. You know, we were up uh, about 50% on the year. Wow. 50, so, five zero. Yeah. Wow. Um, so for a seven-year-old brewery, we were pretty floored with that. And it's, you know, we're starting off this year uh, incredibly strong as well. But we'll see when summer hits, you know, when we get into the full swing of things, you know, what that really means. And, and then we'll start making some of those good choices of, you know, what do we need to make sure that we can um, take care of the product and take care of everyone. Great. How many states do you guys distribute to right now? Uh, it, Wisconsin and Illinois are the two. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now I'm going to, I want to, we're jump. the lucky ones. Yeah, we are the lucky <laughs> ones. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very, very much. I wanted to ask a little bit about the business side of this. I mean, uh, you know, when you, when you, Decided, okay, I'm going to open a brewery, you know. Uh, like I said, I had actually looked into it rather seriously, did research and stuff, and then <laughs> it's like, I'm not willing to to gamble that. I mean, it, se- it does seem like it's it's a gamble at this point, and, and craft beer is, I mean, everybody every year says, oh, it's coming down, it's coming down. I don't really know either way on that, but, you know, it's it's not an easy business. You know, no, and it's extremely or, or competitive. Expensive to get into, or yeah, it's, it's very right. expensive to even get into. So, well, what, I, th- I think that was our biggest obstacle when we were biggest. trying to, you know, put the business plan together. Was uh, the necessary capital just to sort of get off the ground, and <laughs> you know, can door. we afford to, you know, sort of take a hit the first couple of years as we build up awareness and production? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we were mostly just kind of scared <laughs> off by the initial <laughs> investment just to get get going. Yeah. So, what where was your mind at when you decide I'm going to do this. I mean, were you, did you have family you had to convince and talk into? Did you, uh, sleepless no, nights? We, or? we, um, we were one of the rare cases that, um, we don't have any outside investors. Uh, we have a traditional bank that has financed our, our entire operation. Um, I was lucky enough that, uh, in our, before this, when I worked with the family business, I got to do a lot of our, amongst other things, um, for project financial projection planning. And thankfully, my numbers year after year were were very close. So when I went to the same bank uh, and banker and said, you know, thinking about starting a brewery, here's what I have. Uh, he kind of knew that it wasn't just a napkin paper scratch and they were willing to talk with us about it. So um, they were willing to finance that first brewing equipment, kegs, you know, anything that, frankly, if we failed, they could sell and not lose their shirts on. 
And we just had to more or less cover any kind of working capital, you know, ingredients, things like that. And um, we were able to do that because it allowed us to, uh, um, you know, we, as soon as we opened, we uh, started with a statewide distributor. So we kind of, once that first batch was produced, it was sold. We brought the cash in from the first batch, allowed us to pay for the batch two and three. And, mm. you know, we kind of, we never started off with like a lot of these breweries who have all these sometimes jealously multi-million dollar investors. So they have all these bells and We really, if we needed something, we needed to figure out, you know, how much beer we have to sell so we could buy that and add that. And, you know, we slowly piecemeal got our way up there. And as we kept growing and we kind of kept showing, we hit these different milestones of, you know, we're maxed out. Here's where we plan to go if we get this investment. Will you help? The bank kept saying yes. Um, and even for our moving into the Coca-Cola plant, which was kind of a whole nother level of investment from, you know, just taking over kind of some old equipment. Um, you know, we showed them plan. They helped us put it together. We were able to get an SBA loan to kind of tie in with their um, their portion of the loan. And um, kind of away we went. And that's where we are today. So, yes, uh, heavy debt load. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't change it, um, but can't wait to pay it off. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. With your, uh, your current facility... Uh, you know, talking about the growth of the brewery that, I mean, that 50% last year, um, what, what's your projection on this, on the facility that you're currently in? Are you going to be able to remain there for a long time or? We are. Yes. I mean, we can kind of say like, we can do 35,000 barrels there um, comfortably, you know, just adding more fermenters because our interest, you know, the infrastructure is there, the brew house can handle it. The utilities, our bottling line, things like that. So we just need to keep adding fermenters as we grow. And adding shifts on that that end, and you know, um, and then I think we could probably do upwards of fifty thousand, not very easily. You know, adding fermenters outside. Because once you get to one hundred and fifty barrel fermenters, they can handle a Wisconsin winter because your temperatures aren't going to change that much. Mm. Um, you know, things like that we can do. Um, so I think we're we're good for a while. I don't know what that while is, but uh, um, pretty massive brewery. So. Um, I would love to just cross that bridge when we get there and <laughs> enjoy it until then. Cause yeah, I'm uh, pretty happy not to have a construction project this year. It'll be nice to just one year <laughs> to focus on beer. Now, now can the big fermenters handle a polar vortex over and over again? Like we, uh, that, that's what they tell us. Uh, <laughs> now the people who have to handle them outside, I think that's where you might get a little cranky. Right. That's but, yeah. That's where, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you've been to even like a, uh, New Holland, you know, they have those huge fermenters outside but they have like an eight foot ceiling. So your cones are where you stand, you're inside there. So you pretty much just put a lean to up on the bottom with the rest oh, of it's outside. Okay. So, you know, probably something like that. So we'd still have a little climate control and ease. <laughs> uh, Grant, well, guys, I've been wanting to ask somebody that runs a brewery. Were you impacted at all by the government shutdown in terms of getting anything approved? We, it was close. We, um, so we have an, a loan that just came through uh, that it was not an SBA loan, but any loans that we have have to be just kind of rubber stamped by the SBA if the bank's going to do them because of our how our loan structure is set up. So we have these new fermenter. We have four new ninety barrel fermenters coming in, um, and the money was held up and back. So we were getting a little nervous because, you know, as much as the tank man manufacturer wants to take us on faith that they'll have their money, um, they like to see it from the bank first and then out there. So. Thankfully, it did not hinder us. You know, they were able to kind of, we were able to do all the shop drawings, things like that. And just as we were starting to have to figure out if we needed to look at alternative financing for it, um, we were back in business. So um, label-wise, it didn't really affect us. We we have our stuff pretty well planned out for the first half of the year. 
Um, so it was just the, you know, the little thing about new tanks that. <laughs> just a minor detail. Minor, minor detail, yeah. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned uh, the 35, you've got capacity to brew 35,000 barrels. Uh, we love the, the, the capacity of, of barrels that you have, as, uh, aging barrels. Um, so where, where do you, where do you foresee the barrel aging program going? Are you going to, is that going to continue to be a, a big thing with three sheeps? I hope so. I mean, it's, it's something that we are all very passionate about. The, you know, it, it's just another flavor for us to play with. And I, and I love, I love what age can do to certain types of beer. You know, there's a point where you get into a 10% stout. You shouldn't be serving that fresh unless you are just brilliant at what you're, you know, how you're manufacturing and how you're, you're playing with it. That, you know, when you kind of get that mellowness, a little bit of oxygen on there, you get the oaky notes. Um, you just can't do that with regular um, beer ingredients. I love it from just the, the culinary side and um, and just the, the process. You know, it's so, uh, what the word is, it's kind of, it's a romantic process. You know, every, brewing manufacturing, we're all in stainless. It's everything's fancy and you get into barrels and you're just putting barrels, <laughs> you're rotating and you're tasting and you're, you know, it, it's, it's so sensory. Um, unlike a lot of, you know, everything else is just getting so technical that there's just a, a nice kind of a fun hands-on element to this that um, we really enjoy. And, and also I love that we were able to do it in four packs from the majority of stuff for 12 ounce bottles and making it really making barrel aging approachable and obtainable for a lot of people. And, you know, being able to do Wolf at a, you know, depending on where you're purchasing it from a 15 to $17 four pack. Um, I just, it's a really nice opportunity to provide just a great value product um, to people who may not have be able to get that. So yeah, we'll keep doing it. That's a fantastic value. Uh, so something that we've always been fans of Grant, can you talk a little bit about the, uh, the history and, and your personal sort of, uh, observation opinion of your labeling <laughs> yes because um, it's a little different we've we've had a few iterations coming through the years haven't we um, we we've learned a lot you know when we uh, when we opened up I don't I know I did not appreciate the importance of marketing you know especially back then when there were what maybe like in Wisconsin, 65 breweries for the state, you know, good beer was enough to stand alone on. And, um, you know, I used to make pour concrete, which everything we made got buried underground. You know, there really was no marketing for that company. It was just, you know, make a quality product and people will buy it. And that's kind of how we started things up. And we thought if we made some really nice beer, we were working with a really nice firm that, you know, put out very, you know, pretty and decorative labels, but, I don't think we knew at that point what kind of beer we were capable or wanted to make. So our artwork really didn't match what we were doing. And I don't, it took us about five years to appreciate that, that even though I think we always had nice uh, labels and artwork, you know, it wasn't until we moved into our new facility and, um, you know, kind of watching everyone enjoy our first anniversary party, frankly, is when that it really kind of triggered, we need to make a shift and seeing the, the styles we were making and the barrel aging beers and just the, I don't know, the intricate um, uh, meddling, you know, melding of flavors that we were getting into, it just made me think that, you know, our labels really did not match that. So that's when we went under, a, you know, kind of a whole new branding project and started top down. You're looking at the beer, brewery name. Does this still fit? We thought so. And then from there, everything was kind of started over from scratch. And we built this new brand with um, a buddy of ours, Matt Tanaka, out of Chicago, who started a beer branding company. 
and we were his first client and we just kind of um, worked through everything and made sure that when you looked at our, our product, you understood what was in there, whether it was the essence of it, whether it was a flavor, like there was always a connection to the beer. Um, and that's what we wanted to make sure we put forward first. It's always, it's beer first. It's what we try to do. Well, I'd say I, rec- I recognize Three Sheeps when I see it. I, I recognize the bottle cap. I recognize the label. And I, and I like the I like the texture of the labels. Yeah, but what's I'm the story behind like the, the texture of it? I would almost say uh, sandpaper. We, yeah, we, <laughs> my favorite um, part of it, we got lucky on that one. Um, our label manufacturer, they're based out of uh, the Fox Valley, so 45 minutes from our brewery. It came to us when we were doing this whole label change and said, hey, for this laundry detergent product, they have us doing this textured label. Mm-hmm like a sample and i thought guys this seems really gimmicky no i no i don't um but he did one anyway thankfully and you know the the feel to me wasn't as important it's just the how the label looks when you see it with the texture how the light kind of reflects off it it just adds a like a depth to that label which i think kind of the beer that we're doing it would it's 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 always about layers for us in our beers and um i thought that just helped reflect what we had inside so well and um People have really enjoyed it since we've done that. Well, you have to you have to touch it. Like you see it, and you're like, "Is that texture?" You like want you to have touch to it. like, wait, yeah. what is that? Yeah, that was I, one. I of love it. I love holding a bottle that's got that it's got that label on it. I, I you you love holding any bottle with alcohol in it. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it does give it a. Uh, I think it does add sort of a uh, a shade or something that gives yeah. it this classic look. Um, but but in a way that's sort of like comfort foodie, not like in a snobby <laughs> way. Like it's. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I like the labels. It's good stuff. Oh, thank you. Now, how do you come up with what you're going to make next? Is it? I think you guys have the pilot program. And I've had some of those, you know, in the the tap room and stuff, which is always fun. Which side note, real quickly, one thing I love about Three Sheeps that I don't see at a lot of other other breweries is that when I go to the tap room, I know I'm going to get something that I can't get in the store, which to me is a benefit then because that's the whole point of, to me, of going. You know, if, I, yeah, if I'm going to go to your tap yeah. room, but I'm going to get, I can just go down the street to the store and get it. I mean, it's a nice environment, but I well, got an hour you. and a half to drive to get the three sheep, so I need it to be worth <laughs> the drive up there. So when, I, when I'm getting something that I'm never going to be able to get down here, right. and, and I know nobody around here is going to get, it makes it a lot more fun, you know? So is it just, you know, you're come up with an idea, throw it in the, the pilot, put it up on in the tap room and see how it goes or much more planning than uh, I'm making it sound really simple. <laughs> it's kind of, it's all over the place. I mean, sometimes, um, I mean, for the pilot system, we, we love keeping that thing turning because, you know, water slides is still our flagship. And as much as, you know, we love making it two to three days a week, it's always nice to do something else, you know? Um, and the pilot system lets us do that with just kind of, yeah, reckless abandon, so to say. You know, we, can, we want to brew an Oktoberfest. We can brew an Oktoberfest. We want to try something with ghost peppers. There's no harm. You know, if, if it's not great, we're dumping that sucker. But um, if it is, then we'd love to get people's feedback and see what they think. And, you know, it's an easy way for us also to do some kind of more boundary pushing experimentation and, you know, put beers out there that, you know, on the mass scale just wouldn't make sense. But we can make four half barrels of it and and see what people are going to enjoy. And, um that really is a lot of our experimentation. You know, it's, it's, well, for one, I say you can't brew something like that. That's always a good motivator, <laughs> you know, whether using walnuts, you know, like in PTO or, um, I'm a big fan of peppers. So, you know, ghost peppers, ancho chilies, things like that. I think there's just a way to make them balanced and really, uh, tasty or, um, and then we've been playing around a lot, you know, with the hoppy stuff lately. It's a really nice way to, you know, try different hop techniques, different, um, 
you know, pH range techniques, you know, things like that to really uh, dial in on, on the haze craze these days and uh, make something that's not, not haze for the haze sake, but making sure that the properties of how we are producing it that result in a haze create that mouthfeel and that, you know, that it lingers and doesn't just fall out of suspension in you know, four or five days in the can or bottle. So it's, it's really all over. Um, we have people make requests. We have accounts that come up, you know, and we'll just email us like, Hey, have you thought about doing this? And no, but we're going to do one next week. Thanks for the idea. Um, yes. And ideas from people as well. If you see a pilot go real quick, does that turn your, does that get your attention? Grant, if you put something oh, out there and yeah, it just I mean, we, flies we off the shelf, you know, yeah, the you know, on a Friday, we're asking, like we said, we're, we're talking to our crew over the tap room and letting them know the details. And on that Monday, we really want feedback, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly on what people thought. Um, you know, if we turn those four half barrels in a weekend, we might be onto something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how a lot of, you know, most of our, if you've had any of our, you know, kind of hoppier beers, you know, whether it be, you know, misdirection or citrus slice, things like that, you know, those all started in the tap room. And all went through two or three iterations before we, you know, really were happy with the final result to, you know, do something on a larger scale. I love that process. It does remind me of like a sort of a culinary thing. Like if you were to go to a restaurant, you have like, well, here's four sandwiches we're experimenting. Whichever one sells the most permanently gets added to the menu. If you've ever gone to like a, a place like that, um, one that was different uh, that I was a big fan of. Grant, it's not necessarily my favorite kind of beer, but it was just different, and I enjoyed it. Was roll out the barrel. I thought oh. that that was. I was like, whoa, what am I drinking? You're, this is not like other beers. You're, yeah, I was going to say, here comes Chad. Chad loves Roll Out the Barrel. Oh, it's one of, it's one of my favorites from you guys. Absolutely love oh, that beer. You. I have some of that in the fridge, I think, still. Yeah. Do you? Uh, where, which fridge? None of your business. It's so <laughs> different. It's so different. I just, I love, well, I'm, I love the name of it um, as well, but that's uh, that's just for us Packers fans. But, <laughs> um, cool. All right. Um, no. but, uh, yeah, uh, all right. This conversation so, just yeah, took a no, turn. Talk later. <laughs> <laughs> At least you guys are Bears fans down there in Chicago. So. I had a feeling. That's all right. <laughs> um, Let it go. Yeah. But that, uh, that beer, uh, every time I drink it, I just feel like I'm drinking something really, really special. Cause there's nothing else out there that I've ever had. That's, that's like that one. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, it's, I love, I love Belgian East and, I mean, Frank, I love, as much as I love using bourbon and rye whiskey barrels, it, you know, that for us was I wanted to really do a wine barrel of some sort. You know, just something that, especially when we released that four years ago, you know, there weren't a whole lot of wine barrel beers out there, especially produced in Wisconsin that, you know, we want to just kind of give something to people too that they may not be expecting and, you know, try to go outside their comfort zone a bit with then something that will hopefully turn into a, a, a favorite and, yeah, that's that is one of my favorites as well. Just because it is, it's so light, it's so different. But you know, we still try to, you know, as simple as simple as it is, because it is just a Belgian Golden Strong Ale. You know, there's there's a lot going on underneath it, and then the Chardonnay just adds that buttery, um, oaky character that um, I agree. It's it's, it's smooth. It's easy drinking. I mean, people talk about different seasons of the year to drink different beers. I drink anything anytime, but that <laughs> that beer. Is, <laughs> <laughs> that beer, I really, I feel like it's it's as good on a summer day as it is uh, sitting by the fire on a winter night. I mean, it's it, it's very versatile for me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, just uh, actually, it just hit in Wisconsin um, two weeks ago, and I believe Illinois got their shipment last week, so it should be coming out there shortly. Well, all right, all right. Well, this was a good interview. I got to go and uh, run the store. <laughs> did you, uh, Greg? Did you have a favorite from uh, that was sort of released to distribution? You know, maybe it was in a pilot program or something else, but one that was distributed in 2018 for the first time. 
Ah. Any anyone jump to your mind? I would I would say misdirection. Misdirection. Only because, um, well, one, it was the first time we released a 16 ounce, you know, a can in that kind of hazy IPA category. Yeah. And uh, it used Idaho seven hops, which I, I just love that, that flavor profile. And, um, you know, the whole, the whole impetus of creating that style and also Fresh Coast came from a beer that I had when I went out east three years ago for my sister's wedding. You know, I'd never really had a hazy beer. They weren't huge back then. And this beer it had Idaho seven. It was a double IPA from a really small brewery in Maine. And I just, I fell in love with that, bought as many of that style as I could find and um, came back to Wisconsin and was really sad when I realized no one made these beers here. So yeah. I drink them again until we, we made something. So uh, it kind of started our journey into, uh, you know, the, the haze style, the juicy, the low, IB, low IBUs, but still having a lot of hop profile. Um, which then created Fresh Coast, our um, what is becoming our, what is our number two, and will most likely be our number one beer by the end of this year. So then to get be able to take that back when we can, when we went into a kind of our big hoppy program, I, you know the first beer had to be Idaho Seven because that's kind of what inspired this whole thing for me. And uh, yeah, and it you know we repeated it this year. It just came out a month or so ago again for the second time, and um, I've drank my fair share of that beer. So. <laughs> now you mentioned the haze craze. Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of people. Now, my wife, she's actually sitting on the floor with headphones on listening. Um, she she loves uh, hazy IPAs. But how long do you think that styles, the haze, is, is going to last? I've heard people say they don't think it's going to last much into this year. But yeah. I hope it doesn't go anywhere because I actually like that much better than almost a traditional IPA anymore. So Right. I See, I, and I think this is where the, the category IPA just needs to – needs to be almost over and broken apart into a yeah, million categories. Absolutely yeah, you know, IPAs are the number one selling style of craft beer, but they mean so many things now. Exactly. You know, the haze is actually I'm not a huge fan of that, so I'm disappointing myself for saying that combination of words. It's <laughs> that to me, yes. I think that's gonna stick around. You know, you can have that juiciness, whether it be clear, whether it be hazy. You know, there's a part where when you're producing it in a certain way, it's going to be hazy. And I think that the elements, you can't get those elements in a beer when it is clear because it's just how you, how you manufacture it. Um, but I think it's more that juiciness. I don't see that going away because that's just a flavor preference that people are enjoying. You know, it's uh, low, I, low IB or low IBUs um, letting you just taste many different things. And, you know, it's a nice kind of rebuttal from the let's go for 120, 170, 100 <laughs> IBUs. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, see how far we can push it. You know, we're, we're pushing it still on a very different level, you know, four pounds of hops per barrel, six pounds of hops per barrel. You know, how much flavor can we really get in there? And I think that may, that'll probably come back. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that you're going to taste eight pounds a barrel in a, uh, in a beer versus say six pounds. So I, I think we're going to figure that out and they'll become a little bit, um, the production may become a little more consistent, but I hope this style doesn't go away because it's, it's delicious. Um, I just hope we can come up with a, I mean, having being having it called the juicy style, I think, is great. Um, we just need to separate from it being in that, you know, IPA pale ale category because they're just so different. <laughs> yeah, and what one of my favorite, well, it's IPA, I guess, again, but more recent ones is the the brewed IPAs. That mm. that that's really one that I've started liking. I've been grabbing whatever I can find. Revolution out of Chicago makes one that you know. Are they doing? Right. Yeah. That, it's pretty regular in our house. Um, so any any plans of messing with something like that 
even those new styles? Yeah, come, come this summer, we're going to play around with a few of those um, and just see kind of what flavor profile we, we may want to go with. I like, it's again, another one of those, I like the idea of it. It lets you, you know, the malt is so clean, almost non-existent that it, it really just lets you highlight any other flavor you have in there, which is primarily, you know, a, a good fruity, juicy hop. But I think it opens up what beer is to a lot of people, um, you know, gives people an opportunity to may not like beer to kind of get into it and, and find their way. You know, beer isn't that macro lager that they may have had when they were 17 and never came back. You know, there's, it just means anything now. So yeah, we'll, we're going to, we're going to dabble and play around with it and um, see if we come up with something that we think we may want to try destroying or if it just becomes a taproom only thing on occasion. Great. Well, I want to thank you for uh, that came out in 2018 that, that I just thought, I don't know that it'd be hazy, but definitely juicy. Um, really enjoyed that Tropic Coast that you guys put out. Oh, yeah. And oh, I remember yeah, the, the yeah, first yeah. time I had it, it was like, I want to say it was like an August day. It and was. We were sitting on Adam's front porch. You guys are on Adam's front porch. <laughs> I just get done cutting like my front yard and I'm yep. just, you know, you know, just. Yeah, it's a warm day, you know, and outside doing stuff. And you guys are like, hey, come over here. It's like 11 in the morning or something. You guys are like, hey, you got to try this. I come over there, and I just destroyed one of those. And it was just, <laughs> after being outside and doing stuff, it was delicious. And I think I went and finished the backyard after that. But um, really enjoyed that release. So good, oh, thank you. good stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I would second that. That was, that was a fantastic release. Is, um, there more, is there more in the Coast series coming there is. Yes, we're actually uh, coming out next month, uh, March 15th in Wisconsin. Uh, we'll have um, Double Coast, which is really a, a pretty traditional tank on Fresh Coast, but double dry hopped. Um, we're calling it a double pale ale because we can and why not? <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know, it's about 8.1%, and um, it is going to feature. Um, Nelson Sauvignon hops. So just for another little take on it. So um, that'll be the next one in the iteration. And then we'll have two more coming out this year after that. So Grant, when you're, um, when it's been a long day and you want a beer. (laughs) I was going to ask this question. Go for it. Do you have like a, I I don't know. Do you drink some three sheeps? Do you have some other favorite craft breweries? Or do you maybe just have like, you know, a Miller Lite, a Bud Light, uh, something, you know, domestic that you just reach for. You know, it's easy. It's consistent. Like, wh- what is what does Grant drink when it's, it's been a long day and he feels like having a beer? Yeah, and you can be honest here because we've, we've talked to... You're in a, a safe place. Brewers. You can tell us. <laughs> no, no one's going to hear it. What was, what was that? <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's all over the place. I like, I pretty much like all forms of alcohol. Um, well, he fit, you, you fit in very well around this. Yeah, I mean, like, if, I'm at, if I'm at a ballpark, there's just something about having, you know, if a high life, I can get it in old style. Yeah, it's just, it's appropriate. Um, at home, after a, a long day, I'm usually reaching for either you know, a Pilsner, a, you know, a Juicy Pale, something low ABV, refreshing, that sort of thing. You know, whether it's ours or someone else's, um, Normally, uh, the cheapest beers I can drink are ours on you know on a weekday. <laughs> sure, sure. My fridge is stocked with. Um, but then weekends, it's all over the board. Uh, you know, we're good friends with those guys, Central Waters. So I enjoy a lot of, especially their you know a lot of their stuff. They're yeah, they some good beers too. Their brewmaster is just putting out some incredible beers right now. Um, their barrel age of stuff, of course, is uh, top notch. So they make some tasty things. Um, 
Friday night typically is a wine night, my wife and I, just to get away from beer for a little bit. And um, each fan of bourbon and scotch. So I think I kind of agree every level there. Yeah. You covered, you covered all of our habits. Yeah, cheers yeah. to the bourbon. I just finished a little bit. Yeah, I saw that. I, was, I had one that was there before we were chatting, and I wasn't going to bring it up. I thought, no, that's the beer podcast. <laughs> it's more appropriately called an alcohol podcast, really. Honest. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. Well, we were, we, there's a, a local, I'll tell the story, fellas. There's a local brewery here, um, Only Child in Gurney, Illinois. And uh, we were at their anniversary party, and we noticed somebody in the, Right through the middle of the tap room, carrying a case of Miller Lite. Well, that's kind of interesting, right? Well, he well, walks it off into the back, and the owner goes into the cooler, comes out with a big old glass full of Miller Lite, and he has a Miller Lite T-shirt on at like, his own anniversary. At party. his own anniversary party, yeah. we're like, and for context, what is, what's we up with this? for context, we were reading the book by Josh Knoll uh, yes. about Goose Island and selling, selling out, out oh, barrel oh, age and selling yeah. out. So we were kind of in this state of. Very anti-you know MBEV kind of thing going on. So, but yeah, go. Sorry. So we were just like, "What is happening?" You know. So we we pulled one of the the taproom manager uh, Charlotte aside and asked her, and she's like, "She's like, don't. It's not a big deal. Like, this is what you ask any craft brewer around. Majority of them will drink a Miller Life or a Miller High Life. And I've I've read other interviews, seen other, heard other interviews of other craft brewers and." Almost always Miller Lite comes up. That's the one they drink when they're not drinking their own. Yeah, so that's why we asked now. you the question because we we're trying to <laughs> see what right. you're going to say. Yeah, you know, it's right. It's kind of, that kind of double-edged sword. You know, to me, a high life is. I'm from Wisconsin. Before I knew craft, I knew high life, and it. So there's always that place that has. The other side is you know when you look at kind of like that book was as that book stated. You know, there's just when you look at where a lot of that money goes when you're supporting those companies, right. you know, to the lobbying efforts. And, yep. you know, we've in Wisconsin and uh, we were actually the first brewery to fall under the new laws after Miller and others were able to kind of change them such that, you know, we couldn't have a, we couldn't serve food. We couldn't serve wine or spirits in our tap room, right. things like that. That all happened right before we got our licenses. And it ha- that stuff is happening in every, every state. Um, you know, there's always those battles fought. So, it is that tough one. You know, I, I do enjoy uh, a good high life. I will admit when I, when I think about it, it's a little tougher to swallow, but, um, <laughs> you know, they're making good beer and, you know, even like Goose Island, you know, those brewers, I've known them for quite a while. They're great people. Um, you know, the guys who work on the floor, the social media crew, you know, that, that kind of local group, group of Goose folk who were there before. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to spend time with them. And then it's just when you get to their, uh, their bosses, that thing's, change a little bit you know you can see a little more businessy than brewery we in our house my wife we definitely have miller light in our house um and the, the way we uh the way we justified it to ourselves is we spend a shit ton of money on craft beer and so then we right? spend the 14 dollars on the case of miller light majority of our money is going to craft beer so we're okay with the small yeah. pittance of what we <laughs> spend yeah and we see that all the time especially up here uh in wisconsin you know when it first started the brewery um, we had Walmart not too far away from our house. So yeah, it'd be fun. You know, you'd watch people leaving there and oftentimes they'd be leaving with their, you know, their two cases of Bush light or two cases of Miller light. And, you know, as the years have gone on, it's, it's so much more often that you see them leaving with their case of Miller light, but also a six pack of craft. Yeah. And when we see these guys, it's kind of the same thing. And gals, you know, I want to, you know, have one or two to enjoy and then, you know, kind of switch over. 
so they're appreciating it. It's still, you know, it's still how we want to spend our disposable income. And that's, can't, you can't judge anyone for that because we all have limits. Right. Um, but it's just fun to see the, the appreciation getting there um, for the craft and understanding why those flavors are important. And, you know, you don't eat the same hamburger every day. Why have the same beer every day? Yep. I mean, even our own Jake here didn't like stouts when we first started drinking with him. It's true. Yeah, we we pulled come Jake a into way. the fold here. Yeah, he was he was a straight he's, IPA dude. Really, yeah, he's come a long and way. And Coors Light. Yeah, IPA. And then I had I called Coors Light my base beer, and that was <laughs> that. And then it, otherwise than that, it was pretty much just um, you know, I don't know, maybe some gin, maybe some Gentleman Jack. Well, yeah, it was. And my wife, you didn't even like IPAs. Yeah, but now she now she'll drink. She loves every beer at this yeah, point. I'm one of those people who like can have one high ABU and then I need to switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She low tolerance. Well, yeah, I mean you you never forget your first IPA. I mean it's such a. I mean we're trained to not like bitter things because typically they're poison in mm-hmm. nature. You know? so yeah, you have this IPA style, and like, what am I doing to myself? And then you kind of start to appreciate what it does to the rest of the beer, and it takes a bit of time, but. Uh, yeah. It, well, it's strange now too when I have conversations with people that uh, don't consume, you know, very many IPAs, and they'll ha- they'll sip something, we'll drink in the same thing, and they'll they'll take a sip, and to them, it's it's very very bitter, and to me, I'm like, well, oh, that's there's some bitterness there. Like I've, but, like, yeah, you're like, that's not bitter. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's just, but it's changed because I've just I, I have such a regular consumption of of that bitterness that the the palate's just adjusted. Um, yeah, I think early on I was really I was I was a big Three Floyds fan, um, yep. so th- there was a lot of. A lot of those going on. Zombie Dust was the. I always really liked Gumball Head. Choice. Yeah, that was a big favorite of mine. Yeah. Yes. Now you had mentioned before, you know, you can call it whatever you want, like the beer styles, right? I mean, because we always we see people say, "Oh, this is an imperial IPA," and then you drink it and you're like, "Okay," but where where is? I mean, there, technically, there's no government regulation saying, "Okay, it's got to be <laughs> you got to call it this if it's this." Right. I think overall brewers are are good about it. You know, we have the BJCP, um, the kind of standardized beer guidelines, and you know, they list they list a lot of that. But there's just there's still just carryover, and especially with so with how creative brewers are, you know, you're coming out with these things faster than they can update the the categories. So, um, you know, like juicy pale ale, you know, uh, northeast pale, ale, east coast pale, ale, you know, that it took them two or three years right. to put a name to that. So you really kind of had to fit it into, well, is it a pale ale? Because the IBUs are low, but the alcohol might not fit within pale ale category. Or do we go you know, IPA because it has a hot profile and everything else that fits an IPA, but it doesn't have the IBU. So, you know, there, there's been some leeway, but they're doing a nice job of you know, updating a lot of those standards. And, you know, now it is just, it's that juicy hazy. So everything, you know, we have a category for it. Um, and then there's those things where you kind of get into like triple IPAs. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, your single, double, and triple, you know, the Belgian styles, which makes sense because they're all different styles in themselves. So it, you know, when there's a point where you have a beer that's outside of a category, you, you need to take some liberties with it and just you're doing it so the consumer has a better understanding of what's in there. So that, that's kind of what I was more just kind of joking about. There's some things that it makes sense. You know, black IPA to me, I, I'll never understand. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a hobby stout, but that's on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, Chad's favorite white stout. See, I don't understand the white stouts. <laughs> Chad, Chad I likes do. The white I, stouts. I love uh, Casper from uh, JP. Well, it's just it's well, uh, Stevens Point, but 
yeah our point ruined. no that uh white stout before i had one i was just i was just adamantly against and then i did and i don't remember who even the brewery was but if i was blindfolded it would have tasted like a stout and i i stopped talking angrily about white stouts because you can <laughs> evidently yeah yeah if you've never have you had casper before i have yes that yeah. one he i remember he brought it down to me and i was like that's just really good so yeah i like that one yeah, I uh, I I first just quick story on that. I found that beer in Green Lake, Wisconsin. Um, I just I was over there for a wedding. Went to a bar. My girlfriend was at rehearsal. I was by myself, so I went to a bar. I'm like oh, Casper. I've never heard of that before. Drank it, and I went through the entire town and bought every <laughs> case of Casper that I could find. Because <laughs> at the time they were not they were not planning to make it again. Oh, it, it was it was a limited release, and according oh, wow. to the website, they were done. Which now they're bottling it. I mean, you can get it cans or cans and bottles. I think just bottles now. But yeah, I, I bought I bought Casper <laughs> out of out of Green Lake, <laughs> all of it. Awesome. <laughs> Grant, back to that big beer, small beer kind of discussion. We were uh, tiptoeing around a little bit. Um, do you have an opinion on that independent beer label that that some people have adopted? Is that something that you guys have ever considered adding? Uh, yeah, we are currently going through just kind of a full label um, swap over. So that'll be on all of our new. Oh, nice. uh, awesome. Coming up this year. Yeah, we're, we're a fan. I mean, it's just, it's nice to give people the opportunity that if they care to know, you know where their money's going, who they're supporting. Cause I, 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 you know, I don't have a problem with anyone making beer, but it's just, it's nice when there's some clarity to it. You know, when you talk to someone and they say, Oh, you know, I just, I love Terrapin and you know, it's just, they support them and then realize they have no idea that it's a Miller product and you tell them that and also their opinion changes and yeah. it shouldn't, change you know there shouldn't be that that uh haze over the top of it sort of thing either you know it is or you know it's not and well, either, you, either you like it or you don't i mean it's right as a brewer is it funny to you to see some of these uh marketing battles that play out like what happened with the <laughs> super bowl and all the corn syrup and stuff okay we got an email <laughs> half an hour after that commercial asking if we used corn no syrup. way no. really yeah, I mean, that commercial worked. Uh, it was brilliant. It for a while made our life a little more miserable than normal. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's entertaining. It, you know, it's it, they're in a tough spot. I mean, yes, they are. While those companies are still growing, their macro book is shrinking. Yeah. So they're they're having to find other ways, whether it's sodas or craft beer, things like that. So I I don't I don't think I can blame them for you know doing those sorts of ads or you know, the apricot incident, um, those sorts of things, you know, it, it's, they, they're trying to figure it out and, uh, they, I don't think they have yet. Um, but yeah, they are, it's always fun to watch. It is. They're all over the place. They, they dropped that corn syrup thing and now our, all their Twitter, um, feed is, is based on the farmers supporting the farmers. Right. Now they switch it over. It took so much shit for, for saying we don't use corn syrup. The corn producers of America got so pissed at them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They now they're all about. Now they're all about the, the, the American farmers farmer. Of America. We're, yeah. we're, we're there for you. You know, <laughs> they're kind of backpedaling. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was the day after the Super Bowl uh, on Twitter. The the corn producers of America, whatever it is, kind of went after them, and uh, it was kind of funny to watch. It's like, yeah. whoa! So now now the question: So do you use corn syrup in your? <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty funny though that somebody shot off an email right away. About oh, yeah. that. That's pretty. Right away. <laughs> Did you get more than one, or was it just the one? And it was a... 
Uh, I think it was just the one email and then a lot of questions at the tap room yeah. afterwards. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> How much of but your... Uh... A lot of good points of, you know, what is our beer made of? You know, what is the difference? So yeah. it was fun watching our, our you know, taproom crew get to have those conversations with people who, once again, didn't really know the difference and, you know, where we're investing our money. Because us, it's going to ingredients. Um, and it's just a different product. Well, is it the discussion so now having like a full label that shows the, like similar to packaging you might see for, for food? Aren't they talking about doing that with? They are talking about it. Yeah, they're... Yeah. They, they talk about it and then it goes away and they talk about it and it goes away. I, I don't know when it will change, you know, with, um, if you want to be a part of any kind of chains, you need to have all the nutritional information for it available. So where we sell to Chili's or Applebee's, you know, making sure, you know, you know, calories, you know, fat, carbs, things like that. Um, but thus far, they really aren't, they are not talking about kind of full ingredient labeling requirements, um, yet, but that probably come. Do you, do you source, um, being a Wisconsin brewery, do you source as much as you can from Wisconsin? Um, or is it just wherever you, I mean, I know some stuff you just can't get here, but. Right. Uh, we do. I mean, we're, Wisconsin is such a great brewing uh, tradition that most of the people that we need to buy things from are located here. You know, whether it be six packs, mother cartons, where, you know, the four six packs go into a box. Uh, those are made in Sheboygan. Um, <laughs> Peg collars, tap handles, AJS out of Random Lake uh, is one of the biggest tap handle producers in the country. They're oh, wow. Torn change away from the brewery. Keg uh, tape, uh, malt, all comes from Breeze Malting, which is 45 minutes from our brewery. They are a massive operation um, that especially malts around the country. And we just happen to be the closest you know, packaging brewery to their facility. So we got lucky there. Um, yeah, we can really buy just about everything we need in Wisconsin, except for yeast, uh, we still get that from the the kind of the big guys, Y yeast and White Labs, um, and then also hops. You know, for yeah. we're, we're getting better in Wisconsin, um, and there are some good processing operations where farmers can add you know small acreage and not have to pay for all the equipment. They can send it somewhere and just pay a per pound price to have it processed into hop pellets. Uh, but they're still not consistent. The crops are too young. So once they get a little more consistent, we'll be able to integrate those into more of our, our year-round beers. But right now, yeah, it's so important for us to make sure that, you know, water sides, fresh coast, you know, they always taste, taste the same. And we just can't do that with the Wisconsin hop yet. That's I didn't know they were growing hops in Wisconsin. So. Yeah, it, it's really nice. It was a program started. And then actually UW-Madison um, offers the lab services for the, the hop pellets. So the first couple of years we got the hops, it was we, uh, we would do one-offs with them. And it was entertaining because they couldn't even tell us the acids in the hops. <laughs> we'd be we'd be getting these hops in, um, and then having to make like little hop teas, comparing them to our regular hops, and just try to ballpark where it was. And you know, for one off, you know, I, we were okay with it, but we knew we couldn't do anything uh, long term with that. So uh, now they are able to get us some lab work, and they're still showing that they're you know they're changing, but they're getting much much closer. To being um, consistent. Yeah. Well, I will say we we've cracked open the bottle here of the Kuvain. Yeah, I need to go I, get mine. I'm I'm, I'm sort of sad because it's the last bottle of that I have of eighteen. <laughs> I know mine too. But it's so good. I just it's I just was looking up there double checking. Yeah, I don't have any more. <laughs> um, Chad, I don't know if you know this, uh, but you're going to be busy on May 11th. That's the three <laughs> I, just, I just saw the the text. Yeah. Yeah. That, that day's good for me. Okay, good, good, good. Good. 
we yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we went last year. That was that was so much fun. That was, it was we had time. a blast. You guys had a. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you you're a fan of peppers. You had a uh, a yes. stout, an imperial stout on tap that day, that was brewed with peppers. We was did. It, um, yeah. yeah, we did. I don't remember the name of it, but that was yeah, interesting. Well, good one. I know we made three or four kind of just variant barrel aged beers just for that day, you know, based on either the anniversary beers or just barrels we pulled from our kind of our warehouse. Uh, we're going to do the same thing this year. We'll probably do, you know, four or five um, fun variants that'll be available just that day. Awesome. Well, I hope the weather's as good this year as it was last year. Yeah, that was so beautiful. Yeah, day last year. Year. All right. yeah, we got lucky. The, you, the week after the anniversary party last year, huge snowstorm. So, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never definitely never know around here for sure. Chad, do uh, you have any other questions, Chad? No, I, I mean we ran through most everything that uh, that we wanted to talk about. We're right at uh, about an hour here. I don't want to take up your whole evening here, Grant. So appreciate you coming on. You guys, uh, you yeah, guys have any questions? Yeah, Jake, Jake, you got anything else? No, just just thank you and um, keep up the great work because you got some you got some big fans here in Illinois, and uh, we're just excited to see uh, what keeps on coming. I guess the only one I'll say is off the top of my head. I haven't had a sour by Three Sheeps. Are those out there? Oh yeah. No, they they aren't. We we don't have a facility to brew them in currently. You know, okay. I, I'm a big to brew fan. Them properly, of, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. To, there you to, go. Exactly. Make sure that our other beers don't become sours as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, not letting any cross contamination happen. I, you just you, there's too many horror stories, and especially with our barrel warehouse being so expansive, the concept of those things turning um just terrifies me so you know i i still have a little plot on our property that in my you know we'll call it revision 18 of the brewing process we will get to um and put up a little sour room where we can do you know cool shit and you know do it traditional and do it properly um but for the time being we're just going to be happy making every other style of beer i think Awesome. Well, yeah, and I, you know, you you guys are one of my favorite breweries, and, and I think the reason is because uh, there's so much variety that's all high quality. Um, so, thank yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've been we've been looking forward to to interviewing you uh, before we even asked you. I mean, we've talked about doing a, a three sheeps interview on this podcast for over a year. Yeah. So this was uh, this was really cool to have you on tonight. Appreciate cool. it. Well, yeah, thank you so much, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys at the anniversary party. Yes, we will, we will definitely we'll be, be there. there. Hopefully, we'll Jake there. can go this time. Sure. Yeah, I may have to coach, but I'll just come afterwards. Yeah, I'll just, get there. Kids don't need coaching that game. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we do. Thanks a lot, man. We really, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for the support. I really do appreciate it. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, well, so, we'll, we'll definitely making great beer. We'll keep buying great <laughs> exactly beer. Exactly right. Yep. Deal. Definitely. <laughs> we'll keep drinking it for sure. <laughs> Good deal. All right. We'll, we'll see you, Jen. See you guys. Thanks. Take care. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we're always gonna hang out.